Welcome to Land Parties, episode 83 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your week and how are you, my friend? I am doing well. I had a, a rare occurrence these days for myself. I actually finished a game. I finished yes! uh, The Forgotten City, which is like a, a mystery game uh, that has multiple endings. And so I didn't get all the endings, which I, I think we'll go back and try and get the other ones. It, it's a really intriguing game that I would uh, mm. highly recommend to everyone that's a fan of of uh, mystery games. A lot of dialogue based uh, choices that kind of lead you on different paths. So it was it was a lot of fun. So we had fun with that. Other than that, stayed indoors, stayed cool, and uh, tried not to overheat. But Ryan. Big congratulations. Baby number two came nice and healthy. Everyone's at home yes. and safe. So how was your week, Ryan? Yes, it, it has been busy and sleepless. First off, fantastic job. I, I really enjoyed last week's uh, episode. It was super uh, inform or, or uh, educational and, and just uh, I learned a lot from it. So that was awesome. And again, thank you to our guests. Uh, yeah, like I said, Barely any sleep. I I, I have like <laughs> here's the thing. I did find a little bit of time to get a destiny raid in uh, <laughs> here the other day. So you know you know you had to get it done. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just been it's been fantastic. The outpouring of love from from friends and family. Uh, you know any any anybody that's had a new baby, you know what it is. Now it's the the sleepless nights and. Uh, you know, trying to support mommy as, as much as I can. Again, I, I was saying earlier, you you really get a feel for how useless guys can be when you have a baby. Cause you're just like, what can I do to help? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But uh, you know, all in all, it is, it, it has been fantastic. So thank you guys again. Uh, enough about us though. We are super excited uh, to have our guest on uh, today. Jacob Eisenbach. Is, is joining us, sound designer, uh, engineer, composer, doing the things and whatnot. Jacob, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing, doing good. Thanks for having me. Best greetings from Switzerland. And I'm stoked for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. We, we, we are excited to talk to you and everything that you're doing, what you've got going on. So uh, first, though, I, I believe, Lucas, you went and saw a movie. You went out into the old movie theater and, and checked out something. Lay it on us, brother. I did. I did. So for people who know me, I love going to the movies. So that's been one of the things I've missed so, so much during this pandemic. And so my girlfriend and I went to see Free Guy, which is uh, stars Ryan Reynolds as an NPC who doesn't know he's an NPC. And let me tell you, this was a very pleasant surprise. I think Ryan Reynolds movies are a bit uh, hit and miss with me. And this mm. one was one of my favorites. Like this was so entertaining, so funny. Uh, and with some actual genuine heart at the center of it. So I highly recommend the bigger the gamer you are, I think the more uh, in jokes you're going to get and all the Easter eggs you'll recognize. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, definitely see this if you can. I'm sure it'll be out on some streaming services in a couple weeks. So if you want to wait till that, just, just see it somehow because it is amazing. Yeah, I remember because this was, and this is, this, uh, uh, movie this film was affected by the pandemic as well because it was supposed to come out i believe last year and i remember hearing about it and then all of a sudden there was like nothing and and i kind of forgot about it like there was another movie on netflix and i thought it was it and i was like no that's not it um it's cool that to, to see this come out I, this is another one that i was super geeked about because again as, as far as those that are video game fans there are so many Easter eggs and just fun moments that you'll be able to recognize from games and things like that. So that always makes a film fun for me. Uh, I know that in the past, um, a lot of video game movies haven't done the greatest. I really feel like they're starting to come more of age as far as what gamers are going to actually be interested in not some campy thing but just the different aspects of it so i love seeing another successful and i what i would call a successful video game movie i still haven't seen it yet i plan on i'm gonna be one of those ones that are gonna wait until uh it comes out i'm still not sure i'm ready to be out into a movie theaters quite quite yet um i'll probably wait for it to come out on streaming mm -hmm. but uh this is one that i i've been excited to to check out 
and and I'm excited for it when it comes out on streaming services. You know, Jacob, do you do you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, I, I'll tell you what we usually do, Ryan, is we usually try and go see the first showing of a day. So it, mm. it's it's usually us and and maybe a couple of older folks. So it's right. not that busy. So I now see the value of the early bird showings. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Jacob, I, I don't know. Was this film on your radar? What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Actually, I had the chance to see it in Locarno. I hadn't had the chance to watch full of it, but I heard of it and it looks awesome. And I would love to see the full one in the cinema as soon as it's in cinemas in Switzerland. Mm. It looks yeah, that's awesome. right. Yeah, and I forget too that, that releases are, are different yeah, uh, always worldwide. Different each country and yeah. And he is yeah. still like the thing with the pandemic. They wait still until releasing stuff. The same thing you had with three guys I had with um, the James Bond movie. Like what happened to it? Nobody oh, yeah. knows. <laughs> like the full PR campaign was rolling out and then now it's gone. Like I don't hear anything about <laughs> it anymore. Right. It's crazy just how much, I mean, yeah, in, in so many different industries, in how much... Industries. Yeah, exactly. Just how much uh, everything has been affected and delayed. I mean, we've, we've talked about it on earlier episodes, just about how, you know, there's games that are being delayed into 2022. And like right now, it's looking like there are, is going to be a ton of new stuff coming out in 2022. So, yeah, um, overflow. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. For exactly. Us. Good for us. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome, though, as far as, uh, uh, with this, and I, I love the fact too that you're saying that there is a a genuine good story to this as well. It's not just let me toss a bunch of you know what I mean references into a film, and it doesn't mean you know what I mean. They're just irrelevant things. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I and I, I enjoy like something about Ryan Reynolds for me, just like the films that he's in. He's just fun to watch, and and I always feel like I have a have a good time uh, if he's in the flick. So uh, you know, I this is just. Uh, one of those good movies for me per se, it's not one that I would necessarily go out into the theaters, but I also feel like too, that people are, are, you know, we've been, we've been indoors so long and, and I know that restrictions are coming back in places and things like that too. And, and safety first for sure. But it is nice to be able to go and and see this in, in theater. Uh, and then hopefully it comes to a streaming service uh, relatively quickly because I, I I would like to see this. <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, now it's weird these days because when when a movie gets released in the theaters, and now I'm always like, what streaming service is it going to land on, and do I actually right. subscribe to that one? And like it, it's getting more stressful for me as a movie watcher just because everything's so spread out that uh, I can't afford or don't want to pay for a million different streaming services. Well, I've I mean, gotten so. Go ahead, like, go ahead, Jacob. That's like the one thing like you can subscribe to all the streaming services, but just being at the film festival, watching a movie with an audience for the first time in I think two years, this is a different mm -hmm. experience. You know, you can sit at home watch your movie, but if you're in a cinema or in a bigger audience like a film festival, and then you watch a movie and everybody has the same reaction, this is like a completely different level. Like it's like a live concert, and I don't think streaming services will ever reach that level. Yeah, I think you make a strong point there. There's just a different energy from being there. You're you're getting it from other people that are there experiencing it. You're getting it from the performers. Performers are getting it from you or or whatever the medium may be. Um, yeah, there there definitely is a difference in that feeling and and what that does. And I know, and obviously, you're no stranger to to film festivals and things like that. Um, is there? What, what would you say, I guess, um, as far as what you've experienced from, and I don't know if you've you've entered or been on any online to being at one physically? I think the biggest difference you can you can see in the way the movies and the series are being produced nowadays because the way you perceive it as a consumer really has a big impact on how the movie works. Like when you're in mm -hmm. a cinema, it works completely different because you're just going to see one movie. In that evening, you're not gonna go into the cinema and then you go to the next movie, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're on a streaming service, you probably try this movie, so it has to be perfect in the first five minutes, unless you're gonna stop and then you watch the next movie, right? So it's mm. really changing the way of storytelling, I guess. So it's like from my perspective, it's two different kinds of movie genre, like 
movies or series for online streaming services and the other one like for festival for life i think it's the mm -hmm. same with spotify as well but this is a very interesting thing like a game developer friend of mine we just had this talk a couple months ago we actually think the same is going to happen for gaming as well with xbox live and other mm -hmm. things so it's going to drastically change how games are being produced so it's going to be interesting in the future yeah, let me let me ask you a, a bit about that. If you know, if games start headed heading towards streaming services, how does that affect the way you think about the way you compose? If a game now has to grab your attention a lot quicker, maybe without the benefit of time at, that that you may have if they go and buy the game. So I think we can learn from two big productions. Like the first one, I would bring up is the Marvel Universe. So mm -hmm. if you're gonna mm -hmm. if you're gonna bring up streaming and a lot of content, you totally benefit from having a universe that you can do more and more prequels, sequels, whatever you want. You can do it unlimited content-wise. You know, you can always stick to mm -hmm. the same kind of a mood and the, the same kind of uh, sound. But then you have the opposite, which is this uh I <laughs> look it's I always forgot the name of the game it's um cyberpunk yeah cyberpunk see oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but this this is really the point like you forgot I forgot the name already but I right. the game that started playing it but I had like no connection to the game I had no idea what it's about I tried playing it and it was so much and they I think they spent like a couple of years working de developing on it yeah and, and a total flop because nobody really cared about the game and it was too much, too complex. And so I think streaming games are going to learn the lessons from that. They're going to create universes where they can make a lot of games in the same universe. Like the the big player with that one is obviously Blizzard. They've done mm -hmm. it like 10 years ago, 15 years ago with Warcraft and they still keep going and yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You are seeing that shift into more episodic uh, games being developed and, and and that's something that I'm really looking forward to as well I mean we've been getting a, a ton of remakes as of as of late I'm ready for new IPs and new characters and new genres and 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 everything really as far as with that and really being able to take advantage of just how far technology has come and what you can do with it totally yeah. So yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm glad uh, for you guys is is uh, is out. I'm excited to check that out when it does hit streaming services. But you know what is on streaming services, and we checked it out last night. Uh, I didn't even know that this was a thing. But Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild, uh, it dropped on the 12th here. So last week it dropped. It's about an hour long. It's a a. I feel like it's a really good introduction. Number one, my daughter loved it. Uh, so that was really cool. It was cool for me being that I've played the games. You get so many. There's just so many things that you recognize from the armor, the weapon, some of the little side characters and things like that. Obviously, the monsters uh, that you see. It was a lot of fun. Uh, to sit down and watch it. I didn't even realize. I thought it was like a series or something, but this is a flick and it's a little under an hour. Uh, this is well done. Well done on, I thought the animation and graphics were fun. Um, it was funny. The The story was really compelling and I definitely feel like it, it was kind of left open to be able to expand and grow into either more films or possibly a series. I feel like this is, and, and this is coming off the back of, um, I know there was a live action film with uh, uh, Mila Djokovic uh, here, I want to say last year, the year before. I feel like this is definitely a more fitting format for this series for a game if you were going to adapt it then uh in the film so this is I, I highly recommend it if you have netflix it is available now it is fun for for the kiddos and the grown-ups and the fans of monster hunter um yeah this is it's solid it's solid. i love seeing stuff like this it looks beautiful, and I think it I'll definitely awesome. definitely check it out. You know, Monster Hunter is interesting. It's always one of those series that I feel like I should be in love with, and I've just never taken the time to like 
dive into any of the core games uh like mm-hmm. like it, it seemed like the some of the past monster hunter games just were so deep and so complex that you would have to devote some time to really get used to the systems the weapon mm-hmm. crafting and and whatnot but this could looks like a pretty fun introduction into the universe and uh so yeah i'm it it's definitely on my must watch list yeah, and it, it's funny that you say that too because um, I'm the same way. I didn't my my experience with Monster Hunter what started with Monster Hunter World, and I before that I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and really, the game is it's not. I mean, there's a, there's a story to it, and and it's it's pretty solid. But really, the big like the big thing about it is hunting these monsters, being able to craft these different weapons, different uh, um, uh, armor and things of that nature. It's really where people find enjoyment. I did not get that deep as I should have, because you can keep going and going and it gets harder and harder. But you know, you know me, I, I, I move on very quickly from games at times. I'm terrible. Um, but uh, it, it's a solid series. And I totally have monster hunter rise, uh, as well. And I've played like a, a little bit of it, uh, which I heard is another solid. And I know, uh, um, or no, no, isn't. And then stories, stories two is now out, I believe as well. So everything about this flick though was, was just a lot of fun. Um, I, I think it's definitely something that, that everyone can enjoy, whether you know anything about the series or you're a noob, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a good way to get introduced into that, <laughs> into that world. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to use noob at, at, at an offensive <laughs> way. I realized that, <laughs> I said that I said that with some gusto. <laughs> well, I'm definitely a noob and never played Monster Hunter. I actually never heard of the game. I'm really yeah i'm gonna check it out like i actually, yeah if go ahead go ahead i didn't play didn't spend too much time playing games but then the pandemic hit and i actually went back to gaming all the time <laughs> I mean, mm, yeah what so let me ask you then what are you uh like what are what are you currently playing oh my god this is like an intimate question you know no, <laughs> <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm lucky to say like right now i don't have the time for gaming that much but during the pandemic my guilty pleasure was Fortnite. oh mm. there you go mm. yeah you gotta yeah. have some serious patience for that yeah i really like this the skill curve of that game like you can start and then you can improve on such an amazingly long way like mm-hmm. and i and the, like i'm a musician i play several instruments and this was kind of the same like you practice aiming more perfect you practice the building stuff it's so much difference mm-hmm. and the other one obviously is minecraft but nothing underground <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but yeah no so this is this is again I, I would say uh if you're if you're into this kind of stuff um definitely check this out i i, I think it's a lot of fun and and definitely worth it's worth the hour for sure so i'm hoping that they expand on it and and actually do more with it as well but let's let's take a quick break and then we're gonna come back we're gonna talk all all things jacob see what he's up to see what he's doing and we'll be right back guys Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the interview. A couple weeks ago, if you guys will recall, Ryan and I talked about a couple of VR experiences that we had at Area 15 out here that blew us away with with just how amazing and fun and and just just awesome they were. My legs were shaking for a week. (laughs) (laughs) We got to kill some zombies in Patient Zero, and we got to explore some ancient ruins and survive uh, some some pretty intense encounters in Tikal, Night of the Blood Moon. And now we have the man with us behind the scores to both those awesome experiences. Jacob... Let me start there. How did you get involved with with working with these guys to kind of bring bring the music to life? So the way I um, got on board of this development team was actually just by mouth propaganda because I worked in the university where I studied in Zurich. Mm-hmm. We worked very closely with the game development design and one of my friends whom I worked with on his 
think, graduation project. He was like, hey, Jacob, you know, we have this one project. If you want to join, they, I think they have budget. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then, I mean, you guys played the game, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> then I was invited to go there and I'd had no idea what I'm up to. So I went there and I was in this 300 square meter arena with infrared trackers, motion capture, and they gave me this headset and... I was in this virtual world and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like was like, holy shit, because the visuals were amazing, but the audio side was so crappy. And <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do this. And yeah, that's how I got started with them. Then they invited me to the research and development center. And it was actually just a basement. <laughs> like, I remember the first time going there, I went like into this industrial area next to Zurich and you walk beneath the bridge of the highway and it looks very shady. <laughs> and, then, and then you enter in this, in this building and you have to go downstairs on this old stairway and then there's like some tables with computers. <laughs> yeah. Like, this this, was this like, is the place? <laughs> this is the place? I'm not getting murdered here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and then you're inside the game, and you're like, "Holy crap! This is actually pretty awesome. This is pretty. I've never seen something like that. It's neither game, it's neither film, it's something in between because you're the protagonist. You're moving around with your friends, and you have to find your way. Yeah, you know, music obviously is is always important in in any of these experiences, whether it's games or or film or anything like that. But it seems like in in a VR experience, it's it's almost more important because of the full immersion that you're getting and you don't want anything to kind of take you out of that. So it's got to fit like tone and, and all that good. stuff. So, so what was the process in creating the score to that? And did they give you any direction to start or did they kind of let you play with it and, and figure out what, what the right path was? So that's a very important point because when you're in this virtual world, you have your headphones and you don't want to have any real world sounds so that's mm -hmm. actually the core reason to have music, not just to tell stories or tell emotions, but to have constant audio on your ears so that you don't have any awareness of what's going on in the real world around you because usually customers don't see the VR arena. Mm -hmm. So that's like number one point to have music. And then the second point is obviously to make storytelling, to tell you what location you're in, what kind of mood it has, if it's scary, if it's epic or if it's magical. And they gave me, I think the first project I actually worked on was Patient Zero. I mm. did the sound design. Like, I, I mean, you, you hear the zombies. This actually is my best friend and my one of my best girlfriends. We just went in the studio and we recorded like three hours of screams and shouts. And this is like, <laughs> 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 yeah, like this is the zombies. And the weapon was very fun to design because you can change the modes. You have like this. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, this is like yeah, this is awesome. And this is actually why I think most people like the game most because you have something in your hands and this is creating such a huge immersion because you're keeping your hands busy all the time and you have like tactile feedback. And when you have something that realistic in your hands and you can play with it, you can interact with the virtual world, this is obviously creating such a higher level of immersion than having a mouse and a keyboard. And so yeah, that was the first project. And music-wise, it was just, I mean, it has some rock and roll in it. And then in the, in the end, it has some electronic music I produced, which gives you like this feeling, now it's serious. Now everybody's going to die if you're not playing properly. Yeah. Let me ask you, like, when when doing to call, did you did you do any kind of research as far as like uh, within that civilization and or what really where did you get that inspiration? Because you really got that feel that you were here in this, you know, Aztec or Mayan temple, and and you, I mean, it was such a fantastic job of not only just the soundscape, but then how the soundscape and the music kind of intertwined and played together. Thank you. I like to hear that because the core idea behind Tikal was not to give you the classical Hollywood experience because it's playing in this ancient temple in the Mayan rainforest. Mm -hmm. And this is a strange place from another time. We have no idea how the music sounded. So the first steps I took to find out how the music should sound was researching what we know about what the Mayans did. And the core things I found out was they 
used to build their own instruments. They used to build their own flutes and just do tribal drums in the in groups. And this is mm. what this was my starting point. So I started composing something with percussion, and then I thought about, hey, this the the development team wanted to have it as a huge experience, like a very impressive, big, impacting feeling. And this is obviously Hollywood orchestra. So I thought I'm going to use this tribal music culture with music theory that nobody really knows of and this um, Western Hollywood epic choir thing. And about the about the ancient music culture, I actually took inspiration from a completely different angle of the world, which is the gamelan music. Mm -hmm. I had the I had the um, very nice honor to be in Bali in 2017, and some people that lived there they invited me to their to their factories where they built the instruments and they showed me how they tune it and it's completely different. It's like completely self-made, and this was retrospectively exactly what I looked for, like this self-made, very ancient, strange music culture mixed with this huge, impressive orchestra. So this was mm -hmm. like the groundwork for Tikal. How how long did it take you to kind of craft? Like, when did you know you had it right and you were on the right track with it? Well, this is like, this has been such a long way. Like the first version I composed in 2018. Wow. And to be honest, like I wrote the most part of it in within like seven or eight days <laughs> because, wow. because I was working hand in hand with the game development team. They were doing the box prototype for the VR arena. So it was no not much visual stuff. Mm -hmm. So in terms of storytelling and timelines inside the game, they needed to have the music and the sound. So I started to work very quickly. So they have a feeling of how those visuals can look like. So it was, I created music, they created visual assets. And then uh, based on the visual assets, I did the music again. And it was back and forth for like two weeks. And then after that, we were like beta version for a couple months. And then we were like, come on, we have to do this properly. We have to record real orchestra. Then, mm -hmm. I, start, then I started notating all of it. And then the pandemic struck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely shift things up. It does. Actually, I yeah. was so happy to um, record it in Budapest. It was just within this one and a half months in 2020, just after the first wave in Europe and then it was like two months where you could plan something. So I just went like, oh, come on, we would just book it. We just go to Budapest. We record it. And literally three days later, they closed the borders. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was, it was insane. So how? let me ask you then, how exactly did you get into then creating music for VR? I know that you've got, you know, you've done a lot of work in, in film and things of that nature. Where did, where did, how did that uh, kind of play in? And, and, you know, we were talking beforehand too that, you know, you're also a gamer as well uh, when you can find some time. Uh, what does it mean to be able to work in that space to you personally? So like the way I ended up in music is actually because of gaming. <laughs> I'm going to oh. tell you, you want to you hear like the most random story a composer ever told you? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <Let's do> it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, okay, be prepared. So actually when I was 13, 14, I played too much World of Warcraft. And with my friends, mm. we also played, <laughs> we also played like uh, Nintendo Wii. And then yes. like I didn't do music at that time. I didn't. I was telling my music teacher, "Come on, music is so useless. Why? Why should you learn it?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> but then there comes Guitar Hero Three. Yes, and I totally fell in love with the way like the guitar sounds, and I started playing. I became very good at this plastic guitar thing, and then I was like, "Okay, mom and dad, I need a guitar for my birthday." So my fifteenth birthday came, and they got me a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hell no, that's not, I want to have a guitar, you know, like I was a little bit drunk maybe on that day, but I was like, come on, I need a guitar. I really want to do this for real. Like I don't, can't play this Nintendo guitar anymore. I want to have the real thing. And then, oh my God, this is like such, it, it's not planned, but actually that guitar laying right there. So they got oh, that one. that yeah, is so, awesome. Yeah. And then I got it and then I was like, wait, that's not electric guitar. I want to have like the real thing, like Slash, Tom Morello, <laughs> like Force, you know? So <laughs> another three weeks later, they got me an electric guitar. And this is the thing. Back in the days, I didn't know how my brain works, but 
like 10 years, 11 years later, I found out what is actually the thing. So I have this condition called ADHD, but not on the hyperactive side, but on the passive side. And mm -hmm. what it does is when you're focused on something, you're extremely aware about that one thing. So everything else doesn't matter, which seems from the outside, this person doesn't really care about anything else. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you actually care about, you're super focused on that and you learn extremely fast. So I started my 15th birthday, funnily enough, like I think 10, 30 in the evening. I don't know why I know that, but I know it. <laughs> <laughs> All because of Guitar Hero. And then I just kept on playing guitar for 10 to 12 hours a day for the next couple of years. And four years later, I actually made it into a music university in Zurich. And then I studied there because I really found out like music is the thing I can work on endlessly and I just keep going, keep, keep on going. And then in the end, I met those developers at this university and now I'm here. It's kind of crazy when you think about it this way. Thanks to Guitar Hero, by the way. <laughs> did, you, awesome. did you ever go back and apologize to that teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should do that. <laughs> yeah, my apology is like I wrote this 15-minute orchestral score for 110 musicians here. This is my apology. <laughs> yeah. well, you me, were right. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, what, what about Guitar Hero and that whole experience clicked with you? Well, I'm not entirely sure what it was, but it was just like this you know like game is always designed like trial and error to give you do dopamine and give you like a little negative feedback if you do something bad mm -hmm. and this guitar mm -hmm. thing is like perfect for that because you have this very easy level so you start with a few notes and if you do it wrong you hear this awful sound of a guitar detune you know yeah so, so you really want to play it right to hear this awesome music <laughs> yep and then after a time you want to be better so you want to be better than your friends it's like the perfect party game i think it's one of the best party games still there oh god you're so fast with finding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, it totally is one of those perfect party games. Yeah. And so it's, and it's also very nice if you're one of the best in it. So I was always the guy that played the most, ex, uh, most extreme stuff on it. So I played like Dragon Force and whatever. And then I heard it and I was like, wait, this is not possible in real life. People cannot get these sounds of a guitar. <laughs> like, that's not possible. And I, I need to figure <laughs> it out myself. So, yeah. And now I know it's not possible because they use a lot of electronics. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this was basically the kickstart. I was, yeah, coming back to the thing with the condition. I mm -hmm. just found out I, if something really interests me, if I have a problem in mind or something I want to know, I cannot stop unless it's done. And it's actually been the same thing with this TCAL project because I got started. I had this idea. This is going to be recorded with the Aerial Orchestra and so many things were in the way of getting this done and I'm beyond relieved that it's done now and I can share it. You know, it, and it seems like people just just have fallen in love with, with these experiences there. You know, when, when you see these reactions from people, you read about them and you hear like the, this overwhelmingly positive feedback. I mean, that's got to give you a lot of, of pride and just excitement to see that, that what everybody worked on has connected with people on such a, a, a high level. Totally. Sorry, I was distracted. I had some noise in the background. Oh, you're good. But yeah, so like when you when you see people kind of latch on to an experience like that and, 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 you know, walk away like we did, just like completely floored and completely wowed, like what does, does that like get the, the creative juices flowing even more? Like how, what does that feel like as, as one of the people that help bring these experiences to people? So this is very interesting because when you're – on the development side of it, you you think, oh my God, people are going to experience it the same way I did, but nobody hardly ever does. But what it actually does is you go there and by being so overwhelmed by information and visual detail, and I mean, it's with the cinema, it's been the same in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And VR mm -hmm. is even more information. So what it does, it actually hits pause on your real life. So you go there and you actually forgot what you're thinking before, like you're inside the game and as I think it's like 30 minutes if you play the full round. Yeah. And people think it's like one hour or two hours and it's insane. So it's, um, I think it's very nice to have this opportunity to give people like a break in their lives or give them like a perspective of what's, of what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 
crazy that you say that because there is almost that time displacement where once you're in that world, you are fully in that world. Like I said, like my like literally my legs were shaking through the night just <laughs> from <laughs> some of the seats. Yo, those heights, man. Like, yeah, man, you're afraid of heights, yeah, yeah. Greg told me you're afraid of heights. Yeah. I'll sit there telling myself I'm on a flat ground, but it took everything out of me to go across this beam. Even yeah, like, this is insane. Right? Like, you, you know it's not real, but you're, you're scared to death when you're out there and I have I have this stupid idea of bringing my grandparents to that. <laughs> so, you know, like for all their life, like my grandfather, he's 88 and he's so fit. So we, we went on a bike tour for 40 kilometers the other day and mm, wow, he's he's super fit, but he was like, I'm going to, I want to see what my, what my grandson is doing. So let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just entered the game. We've been on the first level and the moment that the, this uh, taller goes down yeah, mm-hmm. and they've seen these heights and we're like, we're out of this. We're out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's insane. Like they, they hardly, I mean, they kind of witnessed the beginnings of cinema, you know, this is right. Insane. And this to is be like, able to, yeah. And that would be, sorry, in go all, ahead. In all their life, like the world was perceived through their own ears and through their own eyes, you know, mm-hmm. like screens may be okay, but this is still like one small fraction of your visual field right and then suddenly everywhere you look everywhere you go you're inside a different world this is crazy for like someone who has lived 88 years on this planet and suddenly you're wrong there's everything different now <laughs> yeah that well. that would be intense yeah it was kind of intense so we had to break the game unfortunately <laughs> yeah, but yeah I, I, I understand there's so many people like you that are feared afraid of heights and I we have so many uh, videos of behind the scenes. We're not gonna show it to the public, <laughs> but of people like fifty, forty year, years old crawling on the ground, being like scared to death. But <laughs> in real life, they're just like crawling through a flat <laughs> hall. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so funny, but yeah, it's. I totally, I totally thought about that. I'll yeah, like, yeah. I just crawl. <laughs> no, you can do this. You could do this. It, that is insane. L- let me ask you, Jacob, what, what would you say the biggest difference uh, that you get from scoring, say, a film uh, to scoring, you know, in-game or even a virtual reality experience? Um, this is like interesting. This is um, hard to answer because there's so many things that are different. Mm-hmm. So in a your typical game, you have hours of music because you have hours of possible gameplay. And in a movie, you have a linear story storytelling. Like the movie starts and the movie ends, and in the meantime, there's nothing changing. But in VR, you have this semi-linear. Like it's not always linear, but it's, um, so you start playing, and depending on how you perform as a group of players, it changes the timeline. So you have to compose the music in a way that it's like a movie. But it can also stop at some point where people have to interact with the game. And I think that's like one thing about the storytelling difference in movies and games. And the other one is the deadlines, you know. (laughs) In movies, you have a deadline. You have the mixing day. You go to the mixing stage and then it's done. And Mm -hmm. you cry because it's not perfect. But in VR game and in game in general, you can just wait for the next update. Right. You can just go and do the next thing. You can perform it better. And like two years later, you can still patch the music if it's not perfect. So this is also different. You have to have like such a long breath of keep going. Yeah. Do you have some dream projects that you'd love to work on in the future? Like if you if you could pick and choose anything across any medium? Um, I think one of my dream projects would be Okay, to be honest, this was my dream project. My uh-huh. project mm-hmm. I dreamed about was like working with a big orchestra for the first time and having it internationally. Like it's not only in the US, it's also in Canada, it's in Chile, it's in Denmark, it's in Europe, like and we're going to the UK, I heard. So this is basically a step which I never thought I achieved with uh, 27 years. So this was definitely one thing. And for the next step, I actually wanted to do something which is just in an amazingly talented group of people, you know? Like, I don't want to have this big thing anymore because I kind of did it now, which sounds... <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but 
yeah, I figured out like if you work in the, in the right team, you just do something with talented people and like this collaboration gives so much joy to you and so much good content. I think that's what I want to do next. If you hadn't played Guitar Hero, what do you think you'd be doing? Like wh where where do you think your path would have led you? Wow, that's crazy. I think I would would have become an IT engineer. IT programming. I actually started doing IT when I before I played Guitar Hero. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm still very technical with I, I needed to be because when I worked on this VR project, I had to implement the sound design and the music also. So mm -hmm. it was from a big benefit that I knew how programming languages languages work, how IT works, what the typical problems are in IT. So I could talk to the developers and tell them, hey, you know, like it would be awesome if the sound design could do that and if this script could do that. That helped definitely. But if I wouldn't have played Guitar Hero, I think I would have been a programmer or something like that. Very different. <laughs> I I was also curious too. So you, you play Guitar Hero and you start playing guitar, and that leads leads to to your music path here. When did when did composing kind of slot into that? When when did you go from playing music to creating it? Yeah, it's like when you tell like that, it sounds so random, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you just keep going and then when you look back, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe maybe one day if I have a Wikipedia or something like that, I just want to have that as the introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I figured out that if I only play guitar, I have to have a lot of luck to actually make a living from that, which I thought is already hard with music in general. And then just by playing one instrument, I thought like, okay, if we're going to go that direction go as broad as possible i want to learn as much as possible there is about sound and music mm -hmm. so i came up with music composing so i joined the band first and then we composed tracks together and i think yeah it was a metal band the first band i played in so i was always obsessed with high energy music uh-huh something that really impacts you of course hans zimmer as well yes think, yeah i also like like uh tra trance music and going to raves something like that really pushes you this is like one style that got me um hooked back in the days and to me till this day it's the same kind of music because it's evoking like a energy in you when you listen to it so i wanted to be on the side of creating this energy and not just performing it so that's when i got interested in composing music See, yeah, and, and you recently uh, finished with your master's in film theater and and media and whatnot, which, again, it just shows that you're you're diving even deeper into uh, just your craft and and what you're doing. What would you say, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from from your education and, and going up through it? Uh, that has really you know helped you to drive further and further. And what do you think? you know, future wise, what can you, you know, what is planned or something that you would like to do uh, that you haven't tried out yet uh, from the knowledge that you've acquired? This is like a very interesting, I'm repeating myself with this phrase, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what was actually crazy to me is when I got like this, when I opened up this path of expanding, not just guitar, mm. but composing, then I was like, wait, there's so many different kinds of music. And then I, did sound design as well and then i went on to record music so i went on and went on and went on and then i went into this vr project and i realized wait a moment so sound design and music in cinema is composed for speakers how do you do this in the virtual reality environment mm -hmm. and i figured out wait for that to really understand that i read i need to understand how the human brain perceives sound right so mm -hmm. i i literally went to some biology books and read about it and then psychology wise how your selective perception works in terms of prioritizing the right sounds and the right musical elements. And then thanks to the pandemic, I found the time to abstract this idea on the other senses as well, because we only have five, like we have the hearing. And I figured out like the more you focus on hearing, the more you learn about it, the more differentiated you become and the more resolution of perception you acquire. And this was actually something that's nothing that has nothing to do with music, but I found out like, I wait, if I can do that for the hearing, what about vision? Like how does light work? So I went to some friends who study physics. I literally live next to the ETH in Zurich. So I could mm. ask some master degree and PhD level physicists to tell me how light works. And it's so complicated, 
but <laughs> and it's the same thing for smell, taste, and feeling on your skin, and that's literally it. So I realized, wait a moment. So if it's possible to compose music for your ears, like for your perception, isn't like cinema the same thing? And so I got, I spent way too much thinking on that, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of found like a pattern in it which was i mean i think there is a theory out there but because a lot of people use this kind of patterns but i figured out there's like this limit of threshold of information you can perceive so to give like a very basic example you can have one piece of music that's good and you can have another piece of music that's good but if you play both of them at the same time you cannot hear to, you cannot listen to anything of them you know mm -hmm. this is like super random because that's obvious but at the same time, it's possible to have like a single guitar and you can play music on it and it works, but you can have like 110 people playing music at the same time and it works, but right. only if, but only if they follow certain rules. But those rules aren't like genre or orchestration. I mean, there are orchestration rules, but there's something more deep behind it. And I figured out it's when you, when you grow up, you have this... Like you learn how to perceive ideas like of people you meet people and you only see like the facade of that that, that person when you meet him and then that person goes to someone else and he's someone else with that person so right and the same thing is for a cinema like everybody connects different experiences with the story you see and those experiences are only like very small elements of things that you experienced and yeah, it's like I wrote like 78 pages about this, so it's very hard to break it down. <laughs> but, but to really like to tell people something there, to tell people that are interested in that and are not music composers, it's like the same thing when you use, when you go to your kitchen and you cook, like you cannot use too many ingredients. You have to use something that really gives you like that taste that really makes that thing stick out. And if you use too much stuff at the same time, you, you ruin it. And this is not because the food gets bad by using too much ingredients. It's actually because your brain cannot perceive any difference anymore. And this is actually the core. Like you have to be in a certain threshold of like one up to three elements. And if you exceed it, your brain is overwhelmed. And I really wanted to understand how this really works. And it's actually the same thing in games. It's anywhere. Like when you look at art galleries, if you look at architecture, the moment it's too much information, you're like, what the hell is that? crazy yeah I, I you know i love that that you put so much into it and just the understanding uh of it to be able to create something then that's going to be stimulating but not too too muddy or or just over stimulating to a person it, it's it's a fine balance to find and and there is a lot i love the fact that you know again that you you put in the time to understand all of that then to be able to craft and develop what your approach is going to be uh to be effective yeah, it's like so important for VR, you know, that's why I actually found out. It's kind of funny that when you work on virtual, virtual reality, I questioned the real reality, like how does it really work? So, and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and both of them, they have to be designed in a way that you keep your attention on it, like that, that you think it's interesting that you can follow ideas, can follow lines. Like there's hardly any movie that has more than three significant main characters. And if there's a fourth one, you don't care about that person anymore. So, right. Yeah, it's you can find examples anywhere, and I thought it was, it's very interesting to think about it. And I'm not sure if I'm gonna write this manuscript any longer, but maybe, maybe I'm gonna do a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> that would be interesting. I think you should. I think you should. It's, I, I would listen. I would definitely <laughs> listen. <laughs> At least one listener. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> there you go. It's always interesting to be able to, you know, especially when it comes to. Uh, you know, something that so many people enjoy it, with music and it has so many different emotional connections uh, for people. It's really interesting, uh, at least for me, to be able to just understand how somebody goes about creating something that has such an emotional grasp on me or can transport me to a different time, whether it be something nostalgic from when I grew up and instantly teleporting there or to playing to call. And, and now I'm in the rainforest shaking yeah. in my boots. Cause I don't <laughs> want to fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's fun, it's fun times to be alive. Like I'm so 
privileged, especially when I went traveling to the Middle East earlier this year, I really realized, damn, it's such a privilege to be able to think about these topics and to actually work on this. Yeah. I'm very thankful to do that. Absolutely. Again, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, let us know, where can we find you? What do you got? Are you got any projects coming up? Lay it on us. Yes, you can find me on most social medias, like Instagram, Facebook. I have my website. You can just text me if you want to know something. And upcoming is like the soundtrack release, like this Thursday. I'm looking so much forward to finally show this full music. So follow me on Spotify and you can listen to the full soundtrack. And thanks to you guys for having me. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. For coming on. Uh, we'll make sure to, to, uh, uh, link that, uh, uh, to Spotify and where you can find the album and everything like that as well. Again, Jacob, thank you so much for taking your time and, and being on the show. Thanks to you guys. Have a nice day. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, yeah, Lucas, nice what do you time. got going on this weekend, man? Uh, no, man, now that I finished the Forgotten City, I got to figure it. I will say this. War for Wakanda came out yesterday based on our release day. And so, look, if there's ever an expansion that's going to get me back into Avengers and and really get me hooked again, I feel like this is it. Like, I, it, it's got an amazing cast to it. Dave Fennoy is one of the characters in, mm-hmm. in this expansion. So uh, I'm excited to see or hear him in that. Um, I'm always so torn on Avengers. And, and to be honest with you, this is kind of a last hurrah for me. This is either going to win mm-hmm. me back or I'm probably going to just be done with it for the most part. And so I mm-hmm. really, really want this game to hook me back in. There there are those, the groundwork of, of such a great game in there. And so I hope this expansion is the one that brings me back. What about yourself, Ryan? Yeah, no, good call on that. I definitely wanted to check it out, too. I was very excited for this, and I'm super curious to see if they continue doing stuff with the game or if they could. They had already planned this stuff out up to this point. So now I think, you know, moving forward, this will really tell us if they plan on continuing to support the game or if they say, all right, we're just going to walk away from it. So I'm looking forward to enjoying it. I've been playing the Back for Blood uh, beta as well. That has been a ton of fun. Uh, so I'll, you know, that, that, that game is dope. Um, but yeah, other than that though, I I've gone back. I need to finish up. Uh, like I keep saying, I need to finish up mass effect. I, I did have a save point for where I can go finish off the side missions and then beat it, uh, again. And, and, uh, and then I'm going to move on to uh mass effect too, as far as with that. But other than that though, I'm on, I'm on uh baby duty trying to give mama some rest, make sure she can get some rest and, and, you know, we're just doing things. So I'm excited to have some time off and and just chill out a little bit. So I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yo, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Land Parties. Don't forget to hit us up on the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces. Let's, 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 let's,